The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. Make sure you listen to this episode so you don't miss all this. Clit throbbing, I gasped out that I was coming as pleasure took me. What I am is far scarier than what you can possibly imagine in <laughs> pornography because I'm real. Where innocence has died and a thousand virgins have been deflowered in uncaring lust. You watch keenly as her cunt quivers in rhythmic pulses. Thick white cream dribbles down... I'm Angelica, and you're listening to All the Filthy Details, the Erotica Community's podcast. The holiday season is just about here, so we're planning to do something different for you in December. Expect a different schedule with a surprise or two along the way. We have an awesome interview with our award-winning erotica writer, Jay Ari, and via our Pulse sessions, one with Tammy Jo Eckert, courtesy of Christian Pan. Of course, we still have Filth, the erotic book review later, featuring books by Tamara Earthsong, Cody Montgomery, and Thomas Carver. Let's start the show with some erotica from Aurora Savannah. This is from Cancel. Enjoy. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. I was right. That bitch is fucking trouble on heels. Jemmy apparently loved to be a judge. She was always smiling and lying to those dumb contestants. Why not tell those dumb fucks the absolute truth that their voice sounds like a broken gramophone and they'll have better luck being a Walmart attendant than being a music star? How hard could that fucking be? Jemmy was always about letting them down easy while I told them the naked truth. Of course we never get along. She called me a prick and I called her a dumb fuck. She told me I can't recognize talent, even if it hits me in the face, and that my career thrives on controversy rather than pure talent. Ouch. That fucking hurts. I mean, who the fuck does she think she is? She's barely been a star for two years. She had a lucky break with that one fucking album that did well, and she's calling me talentless? That was rich coming from a bitch that was milking one album dry. I was absolutely certain that her next album would be a fucking flop. I hated her guts. By the time the show ended, we were sworn enemies, but even the end of the show couldn't even keep us apart. For some weird reason, the show organizers thought it was a good idea to lodge us both in the same hotel. How dare they put this D-list in the same hotel as a superstar like me? For some fucked up reason, Jemmy and I wound up in the elevator going to the same floor, and we were alone in the elevator. I'm sorry, Jemmy muttered. The horrible elevator song covered up her voice. Sorry? I asked. I never should have called you talentless and said those mean things about your career. She fiddled with the hem of her dress as though the courage she'd worked up to apologize would fail her. I'm sorry. It's fine, I shrugged. I definitely was not going to believe her half-baked apology. It's not, she continued. You're far from talentless. Your albums sell out so fast it's crazy. At least the dumbass recognized greatness. Thanks, I replied. Her apology seemed genuine, but I still hated her guts. And you were right, she laughed. Some of those bozos should never pick up a microphone to sing again. 
It's horrible. I laughed along. Maybe she isn't that bad. I probably don't hate her guts anymore. An electrifying silence settled in the elevator. Jemmy might be bullheaded and stubborn, but she was damn pretty. And the way her alluring boobs shot up in those clothes had me thinking crazy thoughts. Without thinking, I pulled her closer and kissed her in the elevator. Fuck consent. Sometimes you just have to go for it. I definitely caught her by surprise. She looked as though she was struck by lightning. Yeah, I usually have that effect on ladies, but it didn't last very long on Jemmy. She regained her composure and smiled. You didn't even bother with consent, she chuckled, and she wrapped her long, thin, wiry hands around my neck. Seems like you already gave it, I replied with my best smile. Seems like I already did, she laughed and kissed me back. Now this was no ordinary kiss. Jemmy was just as passionate and competitive in the studio as she was in the bedroom, and her kiss reflected that. It was fierce, insistent, and damn aggressive. My kind of woman. I yanked her to my room and wrapped my hands around her thin neck immediately. The door closed behind us. I pushed her body against the closed door, and we continued our kissing competition, trying to see who could outkiss each other. I always dominate in the bedroom, but this fucking bitch didn't want to submit. But I love the damn challenge. Before I decided to take the party to the bed, she beat me to it and pushed me to the bed. Now let's see how good you fuck. She laughed and began to undress me just as fast as I was undressing her. We were both caught up in a sexual frenzy, so intense, I felt we would set the room on fire. I'd never seen a woman so active and competitive during sex like Jemmy. She grabbed my ass as soon as I grabbed hers and kissed me just as fiercely as I kissed her. I barely had time to put on a condom before she tackled me on the bed. We struggled a bit, but I won and pinned her back on the bed. Strong arms, she laughed and wrapped her legs around me. I like that. Strong legs, I chuckled. I like that. Let's see if your dick is as strong, she pursed her mouth. Bitch, I laughed. We're about to find out if you can handle this dick. Damn. I groaned as I slid my dick inside her wet, puffy pussy. It was as though someone had left the tap on in her pussy. She kept squirting and groaning while I gave her the winter stroke. I was determined to show this bitch what my dick was capable of, so I fucked her as hard and fast as I could, and this bitch matched each of my strokes. She ground her pussy against my dick just as fast as I was penetrating her. She pulled my hair and spanked my ass while I fucked her. Damn, that girl was fucking wild, man. We changed positions, and I managed to rearrange her ass, perfectly for doggy style. She pressed her head against the bed and presented her ass to me like a sacred meal, daring me to devour it. Her arch was fucking incredible, and I rose to the fucking challenge. Her pussy kept drawing me in, urging me to go faster, milking my dick for every juice it was worth. Her pussy was top-notch, wet, tight, and fucking sweet. The faster I fucked her pussy... The harder I spanked her soft, fat ass, it jiggled and rippled with each smack until red welts, the size of my palm, spread round her pussy. You like that, don't you? I growled as I continued to fuck her sweet pussy as fast as I could while I continued spanking her fat, red ass. Yay, baby, she moaned, pushing her ass back to meet my thrust. Her pussy was so good. It drew me in and I flattened against her fucking her in a perfectly collapsed doggy position. I wrapped my hands around her neck, 
choking her as I continued to fuck her. Fuck me harder, stud, she groaned. Show mama what you got. I went as fast as I could without breaking my waist. I knew I'd soon burst. I tried to hold back, but she kept grinding her pussy into my dick each time I slowed down. Even a man like me has his limits. Her pussy was just too good. It held me in a vice I couldn't pull out, and I did what I do best. Come in her pussy. Good thing I remembered to use a condom, or I'd have splattered her pussy with my cum. I felt like I'd been running a marathon and finally reached the finish line. That bitch had sapped me of every strength I had. I was sweaty and hot. You did good, she panted, smiling at me. Think you've got more in you? Need to shower first, I chuckled. I'll be back for round two. I stood up, and that was when I saw it. Shit, I yelped. What? She looked back at me. The condom broke and I came inside you, I replied. What? She shot up The so uninterrupted fast. audio can be found on our discreet Patreon channel. We love that for thousands of our listeners, we're your go-to place to listen to top-quality erotica. However, we acknowledge that our full explicit audiobook library belongs behind an age-restricted paywall. So, we use Patreon in conjunction with familiar apps like Spotify and SoundCloud to house our premium content. And for a fraction of the cost of an audiobook subscription with the online giants, you'll get access to everything in our library. Cost about the same as a single ebook. Find the link in the description and join us today. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Hot erotica to look out for. Eagle Eye by Christian Pan. Meet Ivy, teacher, mother, wife, dissatisfied. But through a series of sexual adventures between Princeton and Paris with individuals and groups, Ivy will learn more about herself and what she really wants. Eagle Eye. Available in print and ebook. A young writer, Jessica Seeks, has been chained to a desk in a mirror wall dungeon and made to write erotica for the pleasure of a mysterious stranger. The man behind the mirror. Her book, Mirror Secret Mirror, has just been published. You can find it on Amazon, Apple, and all major ebook retailers. It's available in both print and digital formats. Get your copy now to read the next big thing in erotica before everyone else. Out in the Night by Eleanor Nix. Becca's house is being watched at night by her suspicious neighbour. He's abrasive and captivating. Her life has been chaotic since he arrived with an orphaned kitten. Despite trying to keep her distance, she's plagued by mysterious warnings and seductive dreams. He refuses to let her escape. All links to these books can be found in the description. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. <laughs> Erotica connoisseurs, it's time to introduce you to our special guest, Previously, in our last episode, we gave our star recommendation to Jay Awry, the creator of Manor of the Succubus, an excellent interactive choose-your-own-path novel. Hi, Jay. Hello. Last month, we awarded your choose-your-own-path erotica, The Manor of Succubus, as our star recommendation for the episode. What inspired you to write a book in this fashion? 
I've written a number of choose-your-own-adventure novels before Manor of the Succubus, and find the format very engaging and fun. This is my second serial book written like this for my Patreon, with members voting on each encounter. I wanted a style where each month I could do a single different character, and the format of A House of Haunted Rooms made this very easy. For those discovering J. Ari for the first time, how would you describe your style of books? Most of my books have a funny, tongue-in-cheek style to them, especially the erotica ones. I always use plenty of action and adventure in my books, and there's always a wide variety of strange characters, and lots of very straightforward women. One of the things which jumped out at us is that your work is synonymous with stunning erotica art. How important is the visual and literal marriage to you? And who are your favorite artists you've collaborated with? I love using art along with my writing. It really catches the eye and helps pull the reader in, especially with shorter work. And once the art catches the reader, the writing keeps them hooked. A few of my favorite artists I've worked with are Utter's Comics and Hornick's Pro. Well, they're absolutely outstanding, and my current interior artist, The Overloader, has done some really great and creative work. One of the things that struck us when doing our research was how popular your other books are rating-wise on Amazon compared to The Manner of the Succubus. What was your thought process for handing us one of your least validated titles to review? Erotica readers are always shy reviewers, and that's part of the genre. The Manner of the Succubus has less reviews than some of my other works. I've always been very proud of how it came out, and felt it best expresses my choose-your-own-adventure style, as well as showcasing the variety of my writing. We've noticed you have a strong Patreon following. What goodies can new supporters expect to get? Patreon followers get various things. Most of all, the ability to suggest and vote on monthly short stories, access to the next choose-your-own-adventure installment, and of course, various microfix I post. But they also get my other multimedia content, such as comics and even audio stories. Who are some of your favorite characters that you've written? Are they the same as your following's favorites? One of my favorite characters is Dolly from my Villain for Hire series. A mad scientist crossed with sheep DNA, she is popular, but Siren, my psychic punk girl from the same series, has gotten a lot more attention from fans. I also really enjoy Lacey Windermere, a ditzy elven reporter from my urban fantasy series, Hot Off the Presses. What are your other loves regarding creative works you like to consume that are not erotica? Is it movies or music, both, or something else? Reading is absolutely my favorite pastime, but I also listen to music a lot. Nerdcore is a favorite of mine, along with punk rock and classics, but reading remains king. You really have to read if you want to be a writer. Do you read erotica? If so, who are some of your favorite creatives? I do read erotica. It's a great place to get new ideas. One of my favorite authors I also collaborate with often, and that's Amanda Clover. But outside of her, Serena Silverlake and Virgil Knightley are two more great reads that I can't get enough of. Can you read us an exclusive preview of something unreleased you're working on? This is from my upcoming Villain for Hire book. We need a location of power for a ritual of such demonic desecration, Mamon said. A place of suffering, of pain, where blood and agony have been poured in buckets until it suffuses the very stones, where thousands of tormented prayers begged with all the soul have gone unanswered, where innocence has died and a thousand virgins have been deflowered in uncaring lust. Wait, I said. You don't mean. I do, Mamon said with an evil smile. We need a high school. How can we follow you on social media? The best place to follow me on social media is Twitter, where I go by Auri underscore J. 
I'm also on Tumblr and less often on Instagram. But the best way to stay up to date for what I'm working on is my Patreon. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> it's time to introduce you to Filth, the Erotic Book Review. I'm Davina, and you're listening to Filth, the erotic book review, home to discerning critiques and the prestigious Erotica Award, the star recommendation. Today we're excited to present three books by different authors. Our team, along with our latest star recommendation winner, will carefully analyse and critique these works. These authors have been eagerly awaiting our feedback for almost a month, so let's dive in without further delay. This is Loving Wife Can't Resist a Stranger by Cody Montgomery. He reached for the hardness in his pants, gasping into his mouth as his wool-wrapped cock twitched against her hand. Breaking the kiss, she pulled back a little, unzipping his suit pants and reaching inside. The stranger groaned as she explored the length of his hard flesh. He was enormous, too thick for her fingers to wrap around. The need to see it was overwhelming and she sank to her knees. His breathing was ragged, but his smirk remained as she pulled his cock free of his pants. For a moment, she simply stared at it. The stranger's cock dwarfed her hand in a way her husband's never could. She marveled, running her fingertips over the thick veins that strained along his shaft. The perfectly shaped tip glowed like a giant ripe strawberry that she couldn't resist tasting. He groaned as she took the strawberry into her mouth. She felt him shudder as her tongue slowly encircled him. She gripped his shaft in one hand, then in both hands, as she licked and suckled on his knob. The first teasing taste of his salty fluid made her pussy twinge, and when he placed a hand on the back of her head and pushed himself deeper into her mouth, she opened up as wide as she could to receive him. Which wasn't far. She wriggled. He pushed deeper, breathing hard, pushing towards her throat, and she closed her eyes and let him, pressing her tongue against his shaft. Suddenly, he was withdrawing, and she gasped a breath before he was driving it back into her throat, holding her head and fucking her mouth with the longest, deepest strokes she could handle. He was strong, his huge cock unrelenting, and her panties were soaked. He was grunting now as he fucked her throat in a way her husband never could. Mindless, focused purely on the thick meat filling her throat, she did her best to take him deeper and deeper. There was mess on her chin, a mixture of her drool and his pre-cum that was running down her neck. When he let her take a breath, she looked up at him, her hands pulling at his saliva-drenched cock. Still that smirk, but now there was color in his cheeks and a hungry spark in his eyes. When he pulled her back to her feet and pushed her against the wall, she had a moment of fear. He was going to fuck her with that enormous, beautiful snake. Could she stop him now, even if she wanted to? She didn't want to stop him. She lifted her skirt and pulled her sodden panties aside. Again, he didn't hesitate. When the tip of that giant cock pushed against her wet pussy, her legs trembled and she almost fell to the floor, but he held her up and nudged his giant cock forward. It slid into her easily at first, her wetness parting for his soaked shaft. On the stranger's second thrust, 
He was as deep as her husband had ever been in all of his years of trying. On his third thrust, she let out a strangled cry and grabbed at his shoulders. Shock flowed through her. She was about to come already. Her pussy was resisting, flexing, stretching around a shaft that must have been as thick as her wrist. And abruptly, she was coming, uncontrollably, her body shuddering against him. She tried not to cry out, but her involuntary squeals echoed off the change room walls. His thrusting paused as her orgasm rolled through her, and after a moment she could look at him. He wasn't smirking any longer. He actually laughed. She began to feel embarrassed, but only for a moment. He started thrusting away at her, thrusting properly now, and she forgot about everything else in the world and that enormous hard dick pushed deeper into her, deeper than she thought was possible, and then deeper still. She squirmed, her eyes rolling back, her cunt filled to its limit, every thrust more intense than the last. The stranger put a hand over her mouth, and she realized she was shrieking, almost screaming as his giant dick stretched her to her limit and sent waves of pleasure crashing through her. He grunted like an animal, roughly shoving himself all the way in, fucking her mercilessly, using her tight, polite pussy to stroke relentless giant cock. She was flopped against the wall, uselessly quivering in pleasure, while he worked her cunt for his own pleasure. And then he was driving balls deep into her, his giant shaft flexing. Her eyes bulged. He grinded into her, squeezing his cock with her entire body, the shaft flexing again and again as his cum pushed deep inside her. She whimpered. He drained himself into her, groaning with satisfaction. Even in her mindless shuddering, she wondered at the feeling of hot cum so deep inside her body. It was like nothing she had ever felt before. It was wonderful. Breathlessly, explosively, orgasmically wonderful. Eventually, the iron length inside her began to wilt. She was a melted, soaked mess, and when he withdrew, she sobbed and fell back against the wall. Trying to catch her breath, she was surprised when she felt his hands on her shoulders, pushing her to a kneeling position. Clean me, he said part of a hot wife series called She Will Play. A devoted wife is returning home after a lengthy work trip and eagerly anticipates reuniting with her husband. However, when a stranger entices her to enter the airport changing room, she finds herself unable to resist his charms. This is Olivia's Loving Threesome by Tamara Earthsong. Are you going to come on both our cocks? I asked. My pussy squeezed in anticipation of the thought of her coming between us. Yes. Will your slutty body come for us again and again? Liam asked, pushing the head of his cock in. Yes, yes. My hands ran up Sana's sides and I worked my hips in tight little circles. Every time you come, we'll keep filling you until you come again. Straddling my legs, Liam pushed deeper into his wife's ass. I'm so glad we soundproofed the outer wall, he said, and began thrusting. Now I can listen to you completely giving your body over to the pleasure we give you without worrying about what the neighbors think. God, your ass is so tight like this. That's it, darling. Let us know you're coming. Scream your orgasm enthusiastically to the world. With both her holes stuffed full of cock, it didn't take Sana long. Gasping and moaning, she writhed between us. I'm coming, I'm coming, she shrieked. Liam pounded her ass even harder, and I did my best to fuck her with the strap on, though I felt like it was in her more due to her efforts than mine. 
this was a much harder position to fuck in. Wanting to make her feel even better, I pulled on her nipples. Her breath hitched. Harder. Pull harder. Like this, Liam instructed me, covering one of my hands with his own and showing me what Sana wanted. It's the only place she enjoys pain. You love having your nipples tormented, don't you, my beautiful birthday slut? Yes, God, I think I might come again already. The passion in her voice drove me to learn to fuck her better, and we brought her to another orgasm. She didn't seem sated yet, so we kept going. My legs burned from effort, but I'd get her there one more time. Stroking my face, Santa stretched a hand up to do the same to Liam. I could barely sit still at my birthday party. I couldn't wait to take the two of you home and get you into bed. I couldn't wait either, Sana, I said. Having such wet panties while I thought about tonight made meeting your family very awkward. Have your panties been wet for me all day, baby? She asked me. Her thumb brushed over my bottom lip in a caress. Why does it feel so good when she calls me baby? Yes. Rubbing her clit, I used the elbow of my other arm to brace myself while I fucked her. I've been so wet all day for both of you. Are you close? Liam asked Sana, panting hard. Yes, she cried, eyes closing. She shifted the vibrator, and I cried out when the new place it landed on felt even better than the last. Yes, darling, you come too. Let's all come. Clit throbbing, I gasped out that I was coming as pleasure took me. Yes, Olivia, come, Sana whispered. Come for us. Both of them reaching out to run their hands over my body as I came made the pleasure even sweeter. Breathing hard as my orgasm finished, I redoubled my efforts, fucking Sana as deep as I could, bouncing my hips off the mattress to bury the strap-on inside her. Sana, Liam said, urgency in his voice. His arms wrapped around her middle. Coming, she cried. Her head tilted back until it lay against his shoulder. No longer able to handle the strong stimulation, I grabbed the still-buzzing toy and brought it to her clit. Eyes widening at the extra sensation her body bucked. Ha! Liam cried out. Their bodies pressed against each other as they came. Liam's arms were around Sana, and the sight of Sana clutching onto Liam's arms as both their bodies bowed backward was incredibly erotic. Their voices, oh my god. Listening to them brought me an extra burst of energy, and I worked hard to keep fucking Sana through her orgasm. A bead of sweat ran down Liam's nose and splashed onto Sana's back. Grabbing my hips, she tried to still them, a signal that her climax had ended. Holding my hips still, I stroked her hair while she rocked back and forth on me, body occasionally shuddering from aftershocks. One at a time, my partners collapsed into a sweaty, tired mess on either side of me. Thank you. I murmured into Sana's hair. My legs and lungs felt like they were on fire, but it was worth it. I've always wanted to try using a strap-on. I pulled them both tight against me as that happy, floaty feeling settled over me once more. It was a glorious feeling having two people touch me as we all tried to catch our breath. Drifting off to sleep, I felt surrounded by love. Olivia's regular workday takes an unexpected turn when she meets a playful couple who sparks her interest. After receiving a passionate letter, 
she contemplates reaching out to them for a night of bliss. Liam and Sana, celebrating their 20th anniversary, unexpectedly develop strong feelings for their waitress. Prepare for a roller coaster of love, care, and steamy encounters between Olivia, Sana, and Liam. This is Soil and Sand by Thomas Carver. No doubt internalized homophobia, he had mused. He had the internet too, of course, and there he saw plenty of descriptions of queer men and women who had broken out of the expectation of monogamy. Discussions of jealousy and its roots waxed philosophical, alongside rants about being an ethical slut. It had all seemed to him like a lot of noise and fury, for no clear purpose. Much like algebra, he saw no reason to dive too deeply into the complexities. And by the time college rolled around, he had pretty much put the entire debate out of his mind and let himself imagine, when he let himself imagine it, a relationship modeled on monogamy and exclusivity. Until Drew. Lucas stood. A small wet spot had leaked through his thin shorts. Tracy knee-walked over and pulled them down tentatively, as if he expected Lucas to bat his hands away at any moment. The jock wore a pair of tight black briefs under those shorts, but not tight enough to constrain the growing hardness of his cock. Tracy pulled the elastic down and over the bulge, down to mid-thigh. Lucas's cock bounced a couple of times as if enjoying the open air, then came to rest aimed, like a missile at Tracy's face. Suck his dick, Drew said from the couch. As if Tracy needed instruction, Lucas was uncut, his foreskin stretched over the swollen head. Tracy put it in his mouth. Lucas rested his hands on Tracy's head. Aw, oh, fuck yeah, faggot. Suck that dick, Lucas said. Tracy was taken aback by the use of the slur. He had always imagined Lucas as the nicest guy on the crew, and the friendliest, and to use him use such hateful language felt almost like betrayal. But at the same time, Tracy found it turned him on. Lucas gripped handfuls of Tracy's hair, pulling just enough to hurt a little, and used the hair as a set of handles. He fucked Tracy's throat. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, choke on that dick, you little cocksucking whore. Drew laughed with him at the sounds of wrenching and gagging that boiled unbidden from Tracy's invaded throat. That laughter, too, felt a bit like a betrayal. Get on up here, bro, Lucas said. Drew stood beside his friend. Drew grabbed a fistful of hair and dragged Tracy's mouth back to his own dick. You gonna come? Lucas asked. Yeah. Tell me when you're gonna come. Fuck, bro. Real close. Drew gasped out in choppy and uneven breaths. You there yet? I'm there, I'm there. Fuck, dude. I'm coming. Lucas pushed Tracy's face hard against Drew's lean pelvis. Tracy choked, not just on the cock suddenly stabbed into his tonsils, but the flood of cum that poured out and directly down his throat. He barely tasted it. Mostly, he smelled it, lingering at the base of his sinuses. Drink that fucking cum, you filthy little whore, Lucas said, sneering. No longer cute, he looked downright mean, as if he wasn't playing, though Tracy knew he was. The tears in Tracy's eyes shattered the view of Lucas and Drew above him, giving them halos of refracted light. He closed his eyes, and the tears trickled down his cheek, even as his own spit trickled down his chin and neck. Lucas let him up just long enough to gasp a quick breath. The air tasted like balls and cum. He barely had time to exhale before Lucas filled him again with his thick cock. 
I can feel your cum on my dick, he told Drew, who snorted a disgusted laugh. And then, the only warning being the lacrosse player's adamant grip holding Tracy's face down in his crotch, Lucas emptied his balls down the smaller man's throat. Drink that, all you fucking faggot, Lucas snarled. Then he pulled out with a long string of spit and cum bridging between the tip of his cock and Tracy's lower lip. Lucas fell back on the couch spent. Drew swabbed his dick clean with a tissue, then handed the box to Lucas, who used it and put it back on the coffee table. Tracy took a tissue to wipe his eyes, another to wipe his chin and lips. That was fucking amazing, Lucas said. Been too long since we fucked a slut together. For the record, Tracy said, I don't like being called names. For the record, Lucas said, evil grin on his face, I don't give a shit. Tracy, a philosophy graduate who identifies as gay, reluctantly accepts a job at a landscaping company to cover his expenses. His boss, Drew, is undeniably attractive, but Tracy knows that dating a co-worker is not an option. Despite rarely being attracted to men, Drew finds Tracy to be intelligent and quick to learn. They both have a strong desire for pleasure, but little else in common. However, their intense mutual attraction becomes complicated when Drew's troubled past and issues with trust are revealed. We asked one of our newest contributors, Kira, to help us review these books. Here are some of her hot takes. Let's start with Loving Wife Can't Resist a Stranger. This concise story may not be long-lasting, encompassing only a few pages, but it offers a balanced mix of elements. The main character may not be particularly memorable, but there is a subtle build-up of their backstory. The flirtatious moments add a touch of intrigue, leading readers on before the narrative delves into a well-crafted and engagingly depicted sex scene. Although this book may better suit the audio market, it may still hold some appeal for readers seeking a brief yet impactful reading experience. Next we have Olivia's loving threesome. A woman enters a polygamous relationship after a long period of celibacy. While erotic enthusiasts may find titillating encounters, the overall story lacks progression and conflicts. There is a brief moment of tension when the couple refers to our protagonist as their new partner without prior discussion, but even this significant moment doesn't upset the apple cart. Overall, the sex scenes flow smoothly. The book succeeds as erotica but may not translate to other media. Finally, I read Soil and Sand. This tale is centered around an openly gay male protagonist navigating a world dominated by a tight-knit group of individuals who primarily identify as bi or straight. The story unfolds with our newcomer protagonist being passed around sexually, akin to an unloved bicycle. As if that weren't enough, the camp is thrown into disarray when a series of significant robberies threaten to dismantle their very livelihood. Suspicion lurks in the shadows, with the blame falling squarely on the shoulders of the fresh-faced protagonist. With sex, drama and a compelling storyline blending seamlessly, one would assume sheer enjoyment. However, too many of these sex scenes were accompanied by hang-ups regarding straight people doing something gay. We asked our star recommendation winning guest, Jay Ori, to help us review these books. Here are some of Jay's takeaways. Loving Wife Can't Resist a Stranger is one of those great short pieces that really captures a moment of exhilarating experience. 
Anonymity is the theme, which comes across well as we never learn either of our characters' names. Quick, dirty, the story captures a moment of pure lust answered by both parties. Soil and Sand wasn't really my type of story, but I could appreciate the author's skill at crafting characters and letting them bounce off one another. There's a certain down and dirty appeal to Drew that came off well, and Trace was exactly the kind of squeaky character that needed to be dragged a bit through reality's mud. They wanted a good clip, and you won't leave disappointed for either sex or story. Olivia's loving threesome was the closest to my taste of the three stories I read. The polygamous relationship between the three characters was fun to explore, and interesting to see how they come together. Almost as much fun as seeing what they do together. The three characters meshed well, with Lime and Santa's magnetic relationship easily pulling in Olivia. They had plenty of kink and a lovely demonstration of an untraditional relationship. Scores time. Loving Wife Can't Resist a Stranger is a 3.3 out of 5. I honestly wish authors knew the bar we expect authors to reach to get our star recommendation. This book is so short that the preview almost negates the need to read the book, all three pages of it. If that wasn't bad enough, there are minor mistakes, and the book isn't even the cheapest as we review this. This isn't the worst book we've read, but there is so little here that it's nearly impossible to endorse. Olivia's Loving Threesome is a 4.1 out of 5. Tamara Earthsong gives us some compelling characters with quirky scenarios and dialogue. However, the story isn't the strongest. There are switches in points of view between the characters, which give an extra insight into the cast's thoughts. The group sex scenes are Moorish, but for a book that appears to be the first in a series, there isn't a compelling story arc to keep us invested in the future of these characters. Soil and Sand is a 4.1 out of 5. This was one of the most compelling erotica stories we've read in quite a while. A great plot, with multiple different characters, reads like a whodunit murder mystery. What I believe lets this down is several distasteful homophobic moments which are normalised as part of the story. As an outsider looking into gay culture, I found this depressing, but I will concede that maybe there is a fetish for gay men playing with men who insist they are straight. So now we have a difficult decision to make, with two of these books officially tied. In these scenarios, we usually defer to our guest reviewers' opinions, meaning Olivia's Loving Threesome by Tamara Earthstrong is our star recommendation. I would personally encourage you to read both if you feel so inclined, as both titles have so much to offer. But the polygamous title won it this time. Thank you to all the authors who submitted their titles and the contributors who helped read and critique these titles. Filth will be back in the new year, so until then, enjoy the rest of the show and see you on Patreon. exciting and steamy life to his former lover Allison. As he shares the thrilling tale of the ghost of Timor after the Cold War, Allison's hidden desires awaken. Will Jeremy be able to rescue her from a boring life, or is he hiding something too? Allison handed her glass to Jeremy and then knelt between his thighs. She looked him in the eyes and without breaking his gaze, took him into her mouth. She felt the warmth of his semi-soft cock in her mouth and tried not to smile, lest he slipped out at his reaction to her attention. 
His head thrown back and a quick breath in told her all she needed to know. The taste of her on him mixed with cum was a familiar one. She couldn't think of words to describe it. It wasn't something that she'd ever discussed with a girlfriend, though for any woman who'd done ever it, it must all taste the same. Tangy? Was that it? Maybe. But it was something that repelled you when weren't in the mood, but enticed you when you were in lust. And right now, Alison couldn't get enough. She rolled his firming member around her mouth with her tongue, tasting their exertions mixed with the gin. Not too bad, she thought. Still watching his reaction, she was almost oblivious to the moment that he hardened. The folds in his skin stretched out as he grew. She again wondered at the ability of a soft, shrunken appendage to transform into something so perfectly pleasurable and useful so quickly. When she decided he was ready, she released him and stood. Thank you, she said, straddling him and guiding him in. Why thank me? He asked in confused amusement. Alison took her glass from his hand and finished her drink in one go. I've always preferred a dirty martini. Minutes later, both martini glasses lay on the floor, their contents either consumed or soaking into the carpet. Alison and Jeremy had only smiled when the glasses fell without breaking. They were too busy right now to worry about extra work housekeeping may have to undertake once they had left the hotel. Alison was straddling Jeremy in the armchair, rising and falling in time with his thrusts. She did her best to bend down to kiss him from time to time, but she didn't want to interrupt the feeling of his lips, tongue and stubble on her breasts. That felt really fucking good. She supposed he could still rake his nails down her back and her ass, no matter where his mouth was, but at this point his tongue on her nipples was non-negotiable. And his teeth. The well-timed and random nibbles he was administering were the icing on the cake. She hadn't felt this good in years. That included the hour just past when he had taken her from behind, after she had seduced him with the promise of handcuffing herself to her hotel room chair. Fucking yes, she growled at him. She felt like some kind of animal spirit had possessed her as she gazed down at her prey. Alison clasped hold of Jeremy's head and pulled him into her breasts, demanding that he satisfy her need. This is getting good, she thought to herself. It is going to happen. Alison increased her tempo, not caring if Jeremy could keep up. She wanted to come right now. She fucking needed it. Rising higher to squeeze every inch out of him, she crashed back down along his length. Again and again, faster and faster. And then it happened. She rose just a little too high, and then she felt Jeremy pop out. But before she could think, she had come back down onto him. It must have only taken half a second, but it was just enough time for him to move. He hadn't moved, but he had. Alison instinctively recoiled to protect herself from the unexpected penetration, the sharp pain in her backside registering a nanosecond later. Oh shit, ow, 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 Alison cried as she realised what had happened. Fuck. Jeremy was confused by Alison's spasm and sudden change of demeanour. She wrenched herself upward and away from him in one swift move hovering above him and grabbing at her backside with both hands. Unbalanced on the armchair's cushioned seat, she staggered. She reached out with her right hand for the top of his head, the only stable thing within reach, and then climbed down onto the floor. Realising what had happened, he tried to inject some levity into the situation. You are out of practice, he said. Alison turned to rebuke him for the attack on her backside and now her reputation. But just as the anger was about to boil over into words, she paused. 
It hadn't been his fault and there was also no lie on Jeremy's face. Then she remembered. She had done this before. She had done it before with him. It had been 25 years ago in Bathurst. He stayed with her at her mother's house while the house had been empty. She had been planning her latest sexual milestone for weeks. A combination of Cleo magazines and a game of doctor giving her the idea. She remembered she had carefully planned out the entire event with military precision, including the before, during and after. The only part she hadn't been able to expect was the feeling of him being in her bum. It had hurt a little to begin with, she remembered, but after a little while, the whole thing had been a fun experience. Anton J. Pierce is our special guest and latest star recommendation winning author. Here are his hot takes. I'll admit to being surprised by all three of the works that I got a chance to review this month. Um, Audrey Horn's When Jerry Met Ali is the one that seemed like the most likely fit for me, a sort of part memoir, part erotic political thriller with some very hot sex scenes. But I found that the pacing didn't really work for me, with way too much detail spent on things that I didn't find all that interesting. I'm sure it was just me. Uh, Forbidden Awakenings by Katie James is the second book in a series, and having not read the first, I wasn't sure that I'd get into it, but I loved the slow burn of the story and the well-written characters, both present and past. The sexual tension built slowly but deliciously, and and I'll want to read more of this author's work. If you wanted to design a book specifically to make me disinterested in reading it, you couldn't do much better than Faye Kelty's Roaring Twenties Loss of Innocence novel, The Age of Decadence. Oh, how wrong one can be. I absolutely loved it. It was hot, passionate, it was creative sex, great characters, terrific descriptions of everything. I loved it, and I'm looking forward to much more of that. So, Faye, get to writing. That was definitely my my winner for this month. We asked Angela for her thoughts about these books. Here's what she made of them. Forbidden Awakenings offers an intriguing premise and an engaging storyline, but it leaves readers with a sense of something missing. While the book falls into the erotic genre, it surprisingly lacks the unexpected prominence of steamy scenes that one might anticipate. The story itself is well-crafted and captivating, with a promising plot that draws readers in. The paranormal elements and forbidden love angle add an exciting layer to the narrative. The author's writing style is descriptive and immersive, making it easy to become engrossed. However, for those seeking an erotic read, Forbidden Awakenings may disappoint in this regard. The Age of Decadence is a novel that skillfully weaves compelling story within a decadent backdrop. While the book excels in many aspects, it leaves readers with mixed feelings due to its treatment of erotic scenes, which fall short of expectations. The writing in The Age of Decadence is undeniably strong. The author's command over language and storytelling is evident throughout the book. The narrative unfolds with a rich tapestry of characters, intricate plot lines, and a vividly described setting that immerses readers in the decadent world the author has created. The strength of this book lies in its ability to keep readers engaged and invested in the story. However, the novel's approach to erotic scenes is a significant point of contention. 
While the genre often thrives on sensuality and passion, the erotic scenes in The Age of Decadence come across somewhat flat and lacking the depth and intensity one might expect. This can be disappointing for readers who are drawn to this genre for its explicit and passionate content. Ghost of Timor offers a unique blend of storytelling that combines well-thought-out erotic scenes with a multi-layer narrative structure. While the book may not align perfectly with the typical expectations of erotica enthusiasts, it manages to deliver a compelling and intriguing reading experience. The storytelling in Ghost of Timor is a definite highlight. The author's ability to craft a complex narrative that weaves together different timelines and perspectives is commendable. This approach adds depth and intrigue to the story, making it a compelling read. However, it's worth noting that the switching of the story from person to person in different timelines may not be to everyone's taste, potentially turning off some readers. Where Ghost of Timor truly shines is in its execution of erotic scenes. These moments are well-conceived and skillfully written, catering to those seeking sensuality and passion in their reading material. The author's attention to detail and the chemistry between characters in these scenes adds a layer of authenticity and enjoyment. While the book may not align with conventional erotica, its unique storytelling and well-executed erotic elements may make it a captivating choice for readers looking for a, something a bit different. It's a work that could potentially benefit from a second read, as the intricate narrative structure may reveal new layers and connections upon revisiting. In summary, Ghost of Timor is a book that offers a distinct blend of storytelling and erotica. Its multi-timeline narrative may be a challenge for some readers, but it also adds to the book's appeal for a potential second reading. The well-crafted erotic scenes make it a worthwhile choice for those interested in sensuality and passion in their literary pursuits. Even if it deviates from traditional erotica in terms of its narrative complexity, Time for the scores. Forbidden Awakenings is a 3.8. Forbidden Awakenings is a well-written book with an intriguing story. However, its limited emphasis on erotic content makes it difficult to recommend as a fully-fledged erotic novel. Chapter after chapter, you find yourself looking for the erotic payoff, which rarely comes. Some of the scenes seem forced. For instance, there is a scene where the women reveal they have all been sleeping with the same ghost. Instead of exploring the complex feelings and letting the moments breathe, this predictably becomes a lesbian scene. If you're looking for a blend of paranormal erotica with a lighter touch of sensuality, this book may be worth exploring. However, if you're seeking a more explicit and steamy read, you might want to consider other options in the genre. The Age of Decadence is a 4.0. The Age of Decadence is a well-written and compelling book that excels in storytelling and character development. It successfully creates a decadent world that engrosses readers and holds their attention. However, its treatment of erotic scenes falls short of delivering the desired sensuality and passion. There are a lot of erotic scenes, but the writing and description are far from imaginative, poetic, or passionate. 
in some places, the sex is just sterile, to be honest. If you're primarily interested in the story and can overlook this aspect, the book is still a worthwhile read. But if you're seeking a more provocative and explicit experience, you may find yourself disappointed with the erotic elements of the story. Ghost of Timor is a 4.0. Ghost of Timor is a book that presents an intriguing combination of storytelling and erotica. The multi-timeline narrative may prove challenging for some readers, but it also adds to the book's allure, making it worthy of a potential second reading. The twists and subplots are masterful as the reader is engrossed in the historic cliffhangers and the jealous nature of the love interest in the present. For example, there is a fantastic sex scene built around a pending Rest. Not only does it have you on the edge, but the characters in the book are also intriguing and compelled to hear about these accounts of her ex-lover with another woman. The skillfully crafted erotic scenes make it a compelling choice for those seeking sensuality and passion in their literary endeavours, even if it diverges from the conventions of traditional erotica in terms of its narrative complexity. So, who wins our star recommendation, you ask? In the past, we would defer to our guests in a tiebreaker. But on this occasion, we are breaking that tradition to consider which book has the better erotic scenes. And that's Ghost of Timor, a Jerry and Ali story by Audrey Horn. Both of these books are fantastic, but if you want a better story, we'd suggest The Age of Decadence. But if you wish to read beautiful pant-wedding erotica, it has to be Ghost of Timor. We'd like to thank all authors for submitting their books. The pleasure really has been ours. If you'd like to get your erotica book reviewed on our show, subscribe to us on X, formerly Twitter, and look out for our book request. If you'd like to hear our more critical, not safe for air reviews on these books, join us on Patreon for our secret podcast. Shh, extra filth. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Remember, you can find the links to all these titles in the podcast description. Let's hear from Christian Pan with another poll session interview. This month, he's interviewing Tammy Jo Eckert, a keen erotica writer and historian. Okay, welcome everybody to the next edition of The Pulse Session. I'm Christian Pan, and I am here today with the talented and diverse writer of erotica and nonfiction, Tammy Jo Eckert. Hello, Tammy Jo, how are you? Hello, Christian, hello everyone. Um, your novel, Day on Tonight, is a vampire story, but it's also so much more. Can you tell? us a little bit about what you're hoping to achieve with this book. I wanted to combine two popular types of vampire stories into one. A romantic feeling creature, you know, not necessarily one that sparkles in the sunlight and angst all the time, but the romantic hero, but then also the monstrous vampire. And then this particular collection of stories that turned into a novel grew out of a challenge I had because I wanted to explore Sumerian culture and mythos. 
and see how vampires from that period might develop over centuries. So the entire thing also turned into an experimentation and storytelling for me because it's told in a, um, a fix-up style. And for people who don't know what that is, that's when you have interconnected short stories that all tell one bigger story. Yeah. So you can enjoy the book in two ways, right? As individual short stories. So you can like look at the chapters as individual short stories, or you can see them as a collective whole because there's this interconnected story that weaves between them. That's right. And I, I love that. I love that part of the book and also how you, it's this large ensemble cast of characters that recur. Sometimes some characters are really prominent in the story while others are in the background. And then others, it flips where those are in the background. So they become in the spotlight, so to speak, for another chapter. But the blending of different historical periods over time with fictional events is really exciting. Can you tell me about the process of combining those real events with your fiction? And what was the motivation to do that with this story? Well, I actually have a doctorate in ancient history, and that covers everywhere from the Western side of the Roman Empire to ancient Persia. So in terms of geographical spread east to west, but also goes from about the Danube region down to the Southern parts of Egypt. So it's a, a huge area that I've studied and written in in the past. And what I so that that part of the research, right? The historical research was easy for me because I knew where to go, I knew the sources to look at, and I knew how to evaluate them. But I wanted to try to figure out where does the story of the vampire come from because it seems to be very global. And the earliest mention I could find of anything that resembled vampires is in Akkadian or Sumerian. Mm. So I said, okay, well, if they have this word that all experts agree means a vampire-like creature, why would they have this? How would they get vampires? And then how would they develop over time? So that was really my motivation that inspired me to do that. And then the other part was, as I was working on the stories, I just kind of looked at other things I was reading and let them inspire me. And if something I was reading made me think, oh, what if a vampire was related to this? Then I do more research. A good example of this is the story Lost in Translation, which is one of my male-male stories in the collection. I was reading a book about surfer culture, the history of surfer culture. And I said, well, what if a surfer dude met a really old vampire? How would that look? What would happen? And so I kind of like, you know, pepper, kind of like I do the Akkadian terms, I would pepper the surfer language in and out. I would never claim to be an expert in the surfer culture or anything like that. Um, but that's, that's kind of how it worked for me. Yeah. No, I love it. And I love the range of erotic and gendered couplings in the book. I'm not sure how to describe it, actually, because there's so many different dynamics between the humans, the vampires, and also really getting deep into vampire culture and how they have people that are servants, some that are turned, some that are the offspring of the original vampire. But also there's same-sex couplings, there's opposite-sex couplings, there's different ways of um, the vampires having relationships of power. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I really wanted to explore how could you, if you were a vampire, maintain this sense of humanity? And I thought 
how do we maintain our sense of humanity? Well, it's through feeling empathy and sympathy with other people. So within this hierarchy that I created, who would they have those sorts of relationships with? Well, probably not their food supply. So it would have to be their blood-bound servant. And it's, I would also think it'd be very rare because they are by nature's monsters. And so, you know, I just kind of looked into that. How would these relationships develop? How would they work? And they are by their very nature hierarchical. You know, the vampire gives their blood to someone and that forces them to obey them. So there's, there's no, no choice in that situation, even if it goes counter to what you may want to do. And so just kind of figuring out how would that work? How would they connect? And it, it was, it could be frustrating at times, um, but I do a lot of talking to people about their sexuality and their relationships. So I tried to let that inform things I didn't myself maybe know about firsthand. Yeah, great. And I, I guess that's like a good segue into Beyond Day on Tonight, because I am familiar with some of your other writings that you have both in your fiction and your nonfiction, these recurring stories about female dominance and male submissives. Can you talk about what are some of the misperceptions of that dynamic in a femdom relationship as you see it? And why do you feel like it's so important for readers to know more about it, particularly in erotic fiction? I think a lot of femdom relationships are viewed through this pornographic lens. So where you have someone who's dressed in latex or leather, very sexy, high heels, often bizarrely with a choker or a collar on, which by the way, you would never see a male dominant having on. And we usually don't have pornography about heterosexual male dominance either. It's usually gay men who have that pornography, lesbian or pseudo-lesbian pornography, you know, depending on how you want to look at who's producing it. And then the femdom with the male sub. And for people who can't see, I'm putting air quotes around that. Because when you think about the pornographic image, really isn't about her being in control. It's really about her fulfilling a fantasy. So in a sense, that just reinforces the patriarchal notion that women are on earth to please men and to cater to them. I have to tell you, I have never met a real life 24-7 femdom who dressed like that 24-7, who, you know, insulted their partners and belittled them 24-7. Not even the ones who are like pro-doms in their professional lives. If they do this, it's part of their sexuality and their love language. That's not how they live 24-7 because you, you simply couldn't. I mean, if someone put you down all the time, even if that's a turn on in the moment, it would just become mundane and boring after a while. So that's what I think a lot of people get wrong about the femdom relationship is they have this idea of what it should be. And it's nothing like that. Or as I tell um, potential submissives, what I am is far scarier than what you can possibly imagine in <laughs> pornography because I'm real. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, listeners, check out the show notes for this podcast episode to get all the information about Dan tonight and Tammy Joe's other writing, including the one she just mentioned. Uh, Tammy Joe, thank you so much for your time. Always great to see and talk with you. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm glad you liked the book. Absolutely. Thank you for your contribution. Links can be found for everything you've heard in the show's description section. 
You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> the poll sessions are available for all erotica writers to submit. Contact us on X, formerly Twitter, to find out more. We are eager to collaborate with more erotica writers to solidify our position as the leading podcast within the erotica community. We would like to extend an invitation to various writers to join us on the show and share details about their forthcoming projects, partnerships, and thrilling releases from the erotica community. If you're interested in providing us with a brief on your exciting projects, please reach out to us via our Twitter handle. We have a wealth of things to come next month on the podcast and our Patreon. Join us for free or get a monthly all-access pass for less than the price of a big bag of candy. On Patreon, you can enjoy wonderful audiobooks like The Erotic Diary of Emily, Strapped, and Enchantress. Here's a partial chapter of a Patreon exclusive, All For Her, written by Melanie Russell. Enjoy! This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. There she stands. Gorgeous. Luminous. All-encompassing. Only she is not alone. Another woman is with her. She's pretty, too. Pastel platinum hair down to her shoulders. Gentle makeup with hints of pink on her eyes and lips. Shapely waist. Large breasts. Soft, smooth legs that almost rivaled Skylar's. She's wearing a tantalizing outfit. Skirt. High heels. Crop top. Bare midriff, exposed thighs, sleeveless, casual but alluring. A stark contrast to Skylar's almost regal black slit dress. This is Aurora. Skylar smiles. We met at the club. She's all woman, and then some. You wonder what game Skylar is playing. A threesome, perhaps? Or another humiliating experience for you to endure? It doesn't matter. You'll do it for her. Maybe, just maybe, then she will really notice you. I want to see you pleasure her. Skylar's expression is lustful but commanding. Prove yourself to me, won't you? Cautiously you nod. Aurora is gorgeous. You'll happily eat her out, but you'd much prefer Skylar. I want your phone too. You hand it to her, hesitantly. She takes it without a thank you and sits on the edge of the bed awaiting your performance. She commands you to crawl with a subtle gesture of her finger. So, you do, toward Aurora. Eye level with her crotch, you now realize what Skylar meant by all woman, and then some. Aurora lifts her skirt. Behind her delicate lace panties, a bulge. The panties slip down. A five-inch semi-flaccid cock bobs gently before you. You look to Skylar for assurance. She nods with a devious grin. Aurora smiles and strokes your hair with her hand. Even her cock is somehow soft and feminine. Hairless, long, thin, with a neat scrotum below. You stare at it, wondering how far you'll really go for Skylar. The answer, as it turns out, is this far and likely beyond. You drag your tongue down Aurora's shaft and she shivers delightfully. You've never sucked cock before, but you know what you like in a blowjob, so you emulate that. Wet, sloppy, a lot of tongue and spit and movement. Firmness around the tip, like sucking hard candy. 
Aurora squeals and her knees shiver, giving way. She sits on the armchair with your head between her knees. From the corner of your eye, you see Skylar snapping pictures with your phone and then browsing through it as though looking for something. You feel Aurora's cock probing the back of your throat, her essence dripping onto your tongue. The taste was salty, bitter. It made you wince, but you could see how aroused Skylar was at the sight. Whilst she watches and occasionally scrolls through your phone, she fingers herself beneath her satin dress. You can feel Aurora's thighs quivered beside your ears. Her hand grasps your head, pushing her cock deep into your throat. You fight the urge to gag. You feel a sudden weight on your head and shoulders. Satin drags across the back of your neck. Your world goes dark. Skylar has straddled Aurora's lap, trapping your mouth on her dribbling cock. The weight of Skylar's butt tantalizes you. You hear them kissing, wet, slow, passionate, soft moans. Eventually, you're relieved of duty and told to sit on your knees and watch. So you do. Aurora rips Skylar's dress over her head and throws it to you. It's still warm. You can smell her perfume. Your erection is revived. A mere foot or two before you, Skylar's ass looms. So close you can smell the musk of her sex. You watch, trapped in lust and desire, as Aurora's cock parts Skylar's soft, wet, pussy lips. A moist squelch, damp slapping sounds, feminine moans, and your own pathetic whimpers fill the room. Skylar starts to rock back and forth on Aurora, and you see all of it with explicit detail. The way her lips spread and part to accommodate Aurora. The streaks and clumps of her arousal that slither down the shaft. The way her ass jiggles as her body slams downward. Your hand migrates to your cock. You won't come until you see me next. Shirley now counted. Your fingers wrap around your own shaft, but Skylar turns about, a wicked smile on her face. Don't you dare, she spits. Your hand recoils quickly, leaving your balls blue and your cock dripping. Skylar presses her lips against the pastel beauties. Their tongues dance like mating serpents, cobwebs of saliva streak from mouth to mouth. You whimper again and again, watching both women satiate their lust and desire whilst you aren't even permitted to touch your own body. The urges are starting to make you go mad. Nothing seems out of bounds as your arousal takes control of your decision-making. It takes every ounce of strength not to touch yourself or to hold back from lurching forward and driving your tongue into Skylar's perfect ass. Oh, fuck, it feels so good, Skylar moans in a loud, shrieking cry. I bet you wish this was you, balls deep inside of me. Yes, you whimper. You want that so bad it hurts. Her cock feels so good. Oh, oh, fuck. Aurora's cries compete with Skylar's, and the room fills with desperate feminine screams. Your meek whimpers are drowned out. Skylar's body tenses, her movements freeze up. You watch keenly as her cunt quivers in rhythmic pulses. Thick white cream dribbles down Aurora's shaft, a concoction of both of their shared climaxes. To you, it looks appealing, and you hope Skylar will let you lick Aurora's cock clean, a thought you'd likely not be having if you'd been permitted to come. Skylar sees you eyeing Aurora's shaft hungrily and grants your wish. You suck the cum up from her dick, trying your best to ignore the salty flavor of Aurora's essence, 
and fixating on the tang of Skylar's. You feel a tense humiliation in your gut, not due to the act, but because you wanted it. Finished, you gaze at Skylar's soft, inviting pussy, dripping with arousal, and hope to do it once again. But she denies you that pleasure. She kisses Aurora, and the pastel-haired woman departs, leaving you alone with the goddess herself. She sat on the armchair, her legs wide open, so you can see her cunt. Her expression turns fierce. Who is Alice? She asks. Just a woman I met, you admit, shivering. You feel like you are being chastised by a school headmistress. She seems keen on you, offering to take you out for dinner. She scoffs. Am I not good enough for you? You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> we want to thank you again for listening and supporting us on Patreon. We're preparing to welcome back some alumni. Until then, stay safe, Nannies. See you on Patreon. Don't forget to explore our amazing non-sign-up freebies on Patreon and our exclusive shh, Extra Filth channel on Spotify.